everybody, you are listening to WVON 1690 Talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation. Thank you so much for tuning in to What's Really Going On? I am your queen, the educator extraordinaire, Dr. Sonia Whitaker. And I want you to know that on this show I have and will continue to shine a spotlight on any and all issues that directly or indirectly impact public education. Now, before we get started, I am so excited about my guests and about those of you who intend to call in. But before we get started, let me cover just a few housekeeping housekeeping items, if I may. Uh, first of all, I need to let you in on something. I do not make the mistake of assuming that anyone tuning into this show is an empty vessel waiting to be filled by my knowledge <laughs> or the knowledge of my extraordinary guests. I've done my homework on the community and key people in the nation, and I am aware that that is certainly not the case. So because I respect you, the listeners, I'm going to ask that you please do call in to WVON at 773-691-1690, 773-591-1690. Last week, um, I could not get to all the calls, so I'm going to ask that you also consider signing in on my public Facebook page at this time at Dr. Dr. Sonia. I'm spelled, my name is spelled with a Y. So Dr. S-O-N-Y-A Whitaker. I am on Facebook Live now. Um, and when you do, please be sure to make comments throughout the show and wherever possible, I will incorporate your responses into the conversation. I always tell people I'm a school district official. I'm a teacher, gone leader. And the teacher in me says that if I'm doing the show and I'm not hearing from you, then I don't know if I need to make the necessary adjustments in instruction. So I'd like you to be an active participant in this show because, again, I'm aware that there are no empty vessels waiting to be filled by our knowledge. For those of you who missed my last couple of shows, please take uh, this time to su- subscribe to my public YouTube channel, which is Sonia Whitaker, again, S-O-N-Y-A, Whitaker with one T, W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R, Cultural Responsiveness. My YouTube channel is Sonia Whitaker, Cultural Responsiveness. You may also access my previous shows by visiting my website at SoniaWhitaker.com and by following me on all social media platforms. Lastly, I am so very pleased to announce that I will be transitioning from VON to uh, W, excuse me, to Vaughn TV. Yes, I'm excited to announce that my show entitled Education Real Talk with Dr. Sonia Whitaker is now debuting on Vaughn TV. Vaughn TV is WVON Amplified and is a digital streaming platform which rivals all other digital streaming platforms. So after today, go and access me on Vaughn.tv. You may access my show or the show rather, it's bigger than me, Vaughn TV on your mobile devices by visiting uh, Vaughn.tv or by if you have your Roku app on your phone, you can go to Roku, Apple TV, and uh, Amazon Fire. So now for the business at hand. Um, this show, I, I'm ready as an educator to lift the conversation about what is happening in education right now during the period of coronavirus or the pandemic crisis we're experiencing. Before I do so, I I do want to state everybody knows that as a nation, we are currently experiencing a pandemic crisis. Uh, In my humble estimation, we're experiencing two pandemic crises. But for the purpose of this conversation, 
the crisis that I am going to refer to as the one associated with the spread of coronavirus. As a direct result of the spread of coronavirus, parents, teachers, community members, and district officials have been through a lot. And, uh, and we've all had to grow and stretch ourselves in ways that we never thought possible. And so this show, we're going to talk about what is working. Again, I felt it would be a misstep on my part to start the show about talking about what's working without acknowledging that we are, um, again, in a crisis. I personally have been impacted by the crisis. Uh, my uncle, who served uh, in law enforcement on the P- Milwaukee Police Department, may he rest in peace for 27 years in key positions. Those of you who know him know exactly what he did for the Milwaukee Police Department. Uh, my uncle, Dr. Le- Leonard Wells, was actually, several months ago, on his way He was on his way to my house from Milwaukee to have dinner with my family and my mother. And um, and he was actually late. He was driving. So I called his his wife and, you know, his his students at the university where he taught called him um, Dr. Wells. I I call him Uncle Pete. So I called my auntie and I was like, Auntie, where are you and Uncle Petey? And um, she said, Uncle Pete's not feeling well, just out of the blue, you all. And um, I said, well, wh- well, what's going on? I had dinner, uh, the table set. I bought fresh flowers. And she said, he's not feeling well, so I'm going to insist that he goes to the hospital before we make it to your house. I'm saying all that to say um, Don- Uncle Pete never made it to my house. He was in a self-induced uh, coma and um, due to coronavirus, and, and Uncle Pete's not with us here today. So... Again, we're going to lift this show, but I just wanted my listeners to recognize that while the focus is on what is working, I'm very cognizant of the fact that what we're experiencing, not just nationally, but internationally, is very, very real. And I'm reminded of that every time I look at the table setting that I made on that day. Um, So here we go. Listen, the reason why I also want to talk about what is working is because with all due respect to news broadcasters, and I'm sincere when I say that, and with all due respect for folks in the profession of education, outside of the profession of education in this industry in particular, every time I turn on the television, all I hear about is what educators can't do during this time frame. All I hear about is what's not working during this time frame. And so educators and community members who are listening, I want to say this show is for us, by us, because I believe that the tragedy is that people haven't recognized because, you know, as educators, we're so busy doing the work. We hadn't gotten behind a microphone or in front of a television to say this is what we're doing. And so, as you can tell, I'm getting all animated now because I'm really excited about what my peers are doing. And so I'm going to introduce you one by one to several different um, school district leaders and one, actually two of them who are doing great work at the state level. And I want you to know that what they're doing is newsworthy, number one. But two, remember, those of you who are following me, I've shared that I am unique in that I've served as a district official at um, in small districts, meaning the student enrollment in large. I've also served in um, 
district where the greater majority of the student population was white, greater majority of student population uh, Latino, and now greater majority of my student population black. So Sonia Whitaker is a practitioner who has served in a lot of different systems. And what I have always wanted, I mean, literally you all, I have longed for decades to see children in the inner city gain access to a world-class education. I have always felt that students, regardless of their zip code, should be able to access curricular content in their home setting. And so some would call um, the outcome in terms of how we've responded in education the blessing in the storm, right? The storm being coronavirus, the blessing being that teachers and administrators and families are now doing things that they never thought possible and that regardless of a student's zip code they are now able to gain access in many school districts to computer technology in ways that they have not been able to do so and so here we go i'm going to bring on my first guest and um dr levelfeld are you there Good morning, Dr. Sonia Whitaker. I am here. Yes, ma'am. Oh, awesome. I couldn't get you on fast enough. Let me be a little bit formal and tell everybody who I have on the phone here. <laughs> Dr. Michael Lubbelfeld serves as the superintendent of schools in North Shore School District 112 in Highland Park and Highwood, Illinois, north of Chicago. He earned his Doctor of Education degree in curriculum and instruction from Loyola, excuse me, from Loyola University. He holds a master's degree from National Lewis University and a bachelor's degree from the University of Illinois, Chicago. He is an adjunct professor at Loyola and National Lewis in the Department of Educational Leadership. He can be found on Twitter at, at Michael Lubbelfeld, L-U-B-E-L-F-E-L-D. And he co-moderates at Soup Chat, the monthly superintendent educational chat on Twitter. And if that's not enough listening audience, he co-authored the Unlearning Leader, Leading for Tomorrow's Schools Today and Student Voice from Invisible to Invaluable. That's his book, the book that he co-authored. Mike has spoken around the United States of America and the world on leadership, student voice, and global service. Mike and his wife, Stephanie, have two children. Thank you, Mike. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Dr. Lubbelfeld, I asked you to join because I wanted to give the audience um, a, a couple of different ways by which to view what is actually happening. What's really going on, right? What's actually happening in education? And um, you are actually not in the inner city setting or the south suburbs. I do have an extraordinary speaker that will be on later. But I wanted to let the world, quite frankly, get a glimpse of what's happening uh, in school districts serving a, a number of different demographics. So, Dr. Lebofeld, I'll have you share a little bit about your district, and then I'm interested in having you put a spotlight on what's working. What are you most proud of? Now, Doc, you know my interest is in equity in education, and so when I look at what's happening now in terms of how we're educating students, I look at it through um, an equity lens. So what's happening in your system that you're most proud of that you believe moves you closer to providing all students with equitable access to a quality education during this pandemic crisis? Let your voice well, fill my, this airway. All right. Well, Dr. Sonia, number one, 
I accept my heartfelt condolences to your family, please, on the loss of your uncle. Very, very mm-hmm. sad. I appreciate you sharing that. Second, um, accept my heartfelt thanks and uh, hu- humble pride, great humility to be on this show with you and with the other distinguished guests. I'm absolutely um, overwhelmed with pride and joy. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Doc. Now, oh, absolutely. Now, in the North Shore School District 112, serving about 3,700 children pre-K through grade 8 in Highland Park and Highwood um, and the town of Fort Sheridan, we are proud to serve our children who have the, the following demographics, just to kind of set a stage so everybody understands a little bit more about the kids. 64% of our children identify as white. Uh, 2% of our children identify as black or African-American. 27% Hispanic or Latinx. 3.3% Asian. Uh, we've got about 0.4% indigenous uh, folks, American Indian or native uh, Hawaiian Pacific Islander. Um, we've got about 3% uh, biracial. About 23% of our children identify as having some disabling condition or an exceptionality. Uh, 18% are English learners, 25% are low income, and a half a percent are homeless. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I share all that is because sometimes when people hear about the North Shore or Highland Park, they only focus on the affluent and the high economics, which is awesome, and we love all children. Each children deserves to thrive. Uh, what's neat about our district is we represent a little bit more of reality in terms of a mixture of folks and economic um, uh, population. So I just like to set that stage because not everybody always understands that up on the North Shore we've got we've got some reality in terms of uh, diversity and what's really going on is that each and every child absolutely deserves and is, is entitled to excellent equitable educational opportunities as you say. And I share your passion for equity though I don't share your expertise um, though I'm on that journey. In our school district, um, Dr. Whitaker, we have been committed uh, since the spring crisis closures that were abrupt. We've been committed to bringing our children back to school in as safe as conditions for our teachers and support staff and for our students and families as possible. And I'm proud to report to you and your listeners that we are doing what's called a hybrid learning model where um, all of our kids have half their day virtual or at home. And half the, uh, um, pardon me, about 90%, 85 to 90% of the kids have half their day in person. We've been taking class sizes and cutting them in half, and we've been bringing kids in for a couple hours at a time for uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. So one of the equitable action steps we've made as a district and community, and again, it's a journey. We've not arrived, my friend. We've not arrived, but we're going there. Mm -hmm. What's working is from an equitable standpoint, we're bringing everybody back. So we've got as many kids in person as is possible and as is safe. We are respectful of respectful of families who cannot send their children in, in person. And that's the one part that we're still working on tweaking. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But what's working is we've got kids in, we've got teachers in, and we've got significant investments from our Board of Education, our custodial and maintenance staff uh, in terms of risk mitigation and air quality. So kind of to wrap before um, you tell me if I've said too much or not enough, I am most proud of the fact that we're getting it done. we got five weeks of education under our belt. Nice. Uh, we have four children who tested positive for COVID-19 and a staff member, mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're taking precautions to protect them. But we are focused on staying open and improving every element of our educational programming as we go forward. So I'm going to pause there. Doc, if that's I, I appreciate you sharing that, and I think this would be a really – um, amazing time to say thank you to our custodial staffs 
nationally and internationally. I've ha- always had a deep appreciation for what they do and even more of a deeper appreciation for what they do and have done now. Can you, before we move on, can you take a moment? Because I was pretty fascinated by what you share with me regarding what your staff is doing. Um, and tell me if they have a different uh, title. Um, but what your staff is doing as far as precautions are concerned. I think you also had mentioned something about having students outside in tents where necessary. Um, that just being one of the many things that you're doing to make sure students are safe while they're there. And I think that's important to mention because some school districts have gone all remote, um, such as my last speaker, um, and some have uh, gone hybrid. But you at this point are neither of those. So can you talk for just a minute about what you're doing to ensure the safety of the students that you're most proud of? Because you hadn't had to do it at this level before, which is the point of this show. Yes, ma'am. So we're working with um, uh, uh, self-certification. So we've got we've got our um, our children and our staff every day have to answer a number of questions that we've we've got in partnership with Lake County Department of Public Health to make sure that we're um, mitigating risk, that we're not at risk, right? So we're trying that. Number one. Number two, we've got two outdoor tents that we rented for a couple months at each of our 10 campuses at our preschool, big shout out to the preschool, our maintenance staff, our custodial staff, our principal and our teachers and support staff there have been pretty much running preschool outdoor and they're going to do it as long as they can until the weather changes. We also have air quality mitigation. Our maintenance staff, our custodial staff and our um, air quality consultants have done uh, pretty much accelerated high-level indoor air quality assessments at all 10 campuses, nice. and they've made mitigations. They've changed the, the filters. they changed the belts. they got better filters in. They open the air. Um, and we've also got our, our, um, our six-foot social distance stickers everywhere. I mean, oh, my gosh. Let me, so, yeah, ask, we're, let, let me yeah. ask you this before we go to the next special guest. Can you give me two manners, two ways in which you are measuring success. And the reason why I've got to uh, share that is because um, the Secretary of Education from the United States Department of Education sent to school district officials a letter dated September 3rd, 2020. And in this letter, she stated, several of your colleagues recently inquired about the possibility of waivers relevant uh, to relieve states of the requirement to administer standardized testing during the 2020-21 school year. I will not read the whole thing for the sake of time, but at the end of the day, she concludes uh, this part of her messaging by stating that, um, you know, in March, essentially, we were given the okay to not issue student state assessments, but now um, we are required. So at the, at the um, federal level, we have received word from the U.S. Department of Education as school district officials that students must take standardized tests. Now, before I go too deep into that, the only point that I want to make is a concern that I have is that you all as leaders, myself included, and the superintendent who I work with daily, Dr. Kevin J. Nolte, are doing the unimaginable. And students' performance on the standardized test during this crisis is not going to reflect what we have been doing. And so I'm going to ask you actually to give me one and then I'll have our peers jump on. But what What is at least one thing that you're proud of that you would indicate as a measure of success for all of your efforts? All right. Thank you for asking. Um, Dr. Sonia, we use cultural surveys to measure organizational culture 
And we just started uh, adding diversity, inclusivity, equity, anti-hate and anti-racist questions for the first time ever. We have a student engagement survey coming up, a family engagement survey coming up, and a remote learning survey coming up in October to help guide our work. I would submit, Madam Secretary DeVos, please take all the money that it's going to cost for the standardized testing you insist on in, in the spring and give it to us for social-emotional testing, mental health testing, feeding the families that need the food, making sure we've got broadband access. This is not a year to focus on uh, the standardized testing. This is a focus to, to focus. This is the time to focus on people, their perceptions, their culture, and their emotional needs. Dr. Whitaker, we are united in supporting each and every child and getting better each day. Thank you so much for letting me speak with you today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, I'm going to move on to my next guest, Dr. Orzel. But um, before I do, I want to tell you that the reason why I have asked Dr. Orzel to be on is because, again, like community members, like other educators, I'm watching television And one of the things, and I've actually led several national town hall discussions about what educators are doing during this pandemic outbreak. And one of the topics that kept coming up is the degree to which teachers needed professional development. I know I can't see you, but I know that everybody's shaking their head because you probably watched all of the talk shows that I've watched and all of the uh, reports at the CNN, CNN level and the like about how prepared our teachers to do this work. And so I actually thought it would be really a really nice twist to this show to have an expert on to talk about, because I've seen the work that she's doing, to talk about what is happening in the state of Illinois through IASA, the Illinois Association of School Administrators, uh, under the leadership also of Dr. Brent Clark, that I believe that what is happening in IASA in the state of Illinois should serve as a national model. And if I didn't think that, I wouldn't have um, expert Dr. Orzel on right now. And so I'm going to introduce you to her and have her talk to you about what she's doing to build the competencies of the, the teachers and the administrators during this period of crisis. Dr. Orzel, are you there? What's really going on? I'm here. <laughs> What's really going on? <laughs> what is going on? Okay, let me let me tell you a little bit uh, more about Dr. Orzel. Dr. Courtney Orzel is the Associate Director for Professional Development at the Illinois Association of School Administrators. She joined IASA on July 1 after leading Lamont School District 113 for six years as superintendent of schools. Prior to that, she has held the positions of middle school principal, assistant principal, and teacher. Dr. Orzel has been honored with recognition from AASA, which is the National Superintendents Association, as a finalist for the Women in Leadership Award in February of 2019. And she has led the IASA Superwoman Initiative in support of women in leadership in addition to holding and conducting workshops, professional development sessions for administrative academies and podcasts. Dr. Orzel is the proud mother of two beautiful children. Hey, Elle. Hey, Nolan. Dr. Orzel, (laughs) let your voice fill this room. Tell us what you're doing and why Illinois should serve as a national model through IASA during this period of crisis. 
Oh, thank you for this opportunity, Sonia. I will tell you, I appreciate you saying that because I really do believe that we could serve as a national model. And I have to give a shout out to our executive director, Dr. Clark, and our president, Zimmerman, and our board of directors, who really gave us the green light just a few weeks in to me taking on this new role at IASA. And they said, hey, listen, if it's good for kids and it serves our districts, go for it and make it happen. And that's what we've done. I have to be honest with you, nothing is ever going to replace in-person learning with a teacher in front of the classroom, but that doesn't mean that we can't do remote learning well. But teachers have had little to no training in this area, understandably. So that's why we've launched a professional learning series called Remote Learning Rescue. And this is really professional learning for teachers that is practical, tangible, and provides realistic ways to engage students in remote learning. And so, Sonia, what's working is this. It's personalized learning, and it's led not only by me, but by our instructional coach, Kim Darche. She's an instructional coach, and she brought on a team of other exemplary coaches to work directly with teachers. And so when teachers are engaging with this type of professional learning, they are right there with a coach to guide them every step of the way. So that might start with how do we build relationships with our students in a virtual setting? What works? what doesn't. We're focusing on how do you truly elevate student voice so that we meet students where they are. We will focus on family engagement, how to engage families during these trying times, developing communication plans, conducting one-on-one student interviews. And we really talk about how to prioritize because we are about elevating teachers, meeting teachers where they are. And in essence, we've got to breathe a sense of hope into this work and make things as practical as we can. Awesome. You know, let can we I want to go off script a little bit. We talked about something I think is imp- really important. During this period of uh, crisis, our peers, you and myself included, had to make one of the toughest decisions, right? Because you had to support us, right? Of our mm-hmm. entire career. Some of our peers made a decision and they've lived through it and they're awesome. I won't get too deep on this show, but some of our peers still haven't lived the decision that they made down. And so um, we experienced as educators, again, we have to say it on what's really going on because nobody asked us how we were doing during a time when we were missing children. I'm telling you, if you go to my uh, personal public Facebook page, I've got some posts where I'm laughing, crying. I know people are like, what kind of mood is Doc in today? Because... There were a lot of tough decisions and we missed the children and you and I had a spirited dialogue. I want to take just a minute um, to talk about what's really going on. What was that like for you? I know you got the little guys and little girl at home there. What was maneuvering through this like for you? Because clearly in your new official role serving and honoring at the state level, um, you were still able to pull it off and do an amazing job. And that's what's really going on. But there were, also, this thing called we got to make sure our own kids did well. Can you share a little bit about that that exchange? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, shout out to our superintendents in Illinois and across the country because they're under attack for whatever decision that they make, and they continue to lead for their own communities. And if you are a parent like me, parents are really struggling. I, I don't think that, that we should sugarcoat that whatsoever. And that's the conversation that you and I did have, Sonia. My kids have been remote learning in a daycare 
And my daughter's in first grade and the first day that I took her to school and, you know, what does she want to be when she grows up? A teacher. Mm -hmm. She was crying and it was devastating because she didn't want to go remote learn. She wanted to be with her teacher. Her teacher's incredible and has been able to really connect her via online. But that the struggle's real. And I will tell you, a lot of people will think, well, because you're a superintendent and you're a former superintendent, your kids are successful just because you're an educator. Not true. My kids are successful because we have been blessed with incredible, incredible educators and teachers along the way that have helped them. Because the fact is, right now, we are drawn professionally, and this job is a 24-7 job. It's yes, taking it a is. toll on our superintendents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I think... You know, when we look back on this, Sonia, mm-hmm. my yes. hope is that we will be better in the end. We're Absolutely. going to create more equitable system. Absolutely. But yeah, the struggle's real. And so I want to say thank you um, to the leaders of these school districts who have had to make the toughest decision of their life. Uh, I actually want to say thank you to social media because there were some days where I was like, okay, what to do, what to do. And I would look on Twitter and someone would say, smile. I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, oh, my God, this this network of support is big. I also want to take this opportunity before we go to a brief, very brief commercial break um, to thank the teachers and administrators at WA. And I'll I'll just refer to it as WA for my own son's uh, privacy. But my 15 year old son, listen, during this period, I had to, again, make tough decisions. And he's going to be like, Mom, did you just tell those people my business? He missed an assignment or two during remote learning. And uh, one of the teachers sent me an email, and um, I was glad for that email. And so they're so responsive at WA that I, I called one teacher. I might have been the principal. And I said, listen, I need to get everybody together. Some, you guys got to help me. And long and short of it is I had a Zoom call with principal, assistant principal, all the key people that needed to be on that call and all of the teachers on my son's team. And that's why I say on this show, hard on issues, soft on people. Because when my child missed those two assignments, I almost lost it. I was crying. Listen, you all, I got all these experience and all these degrees. I'm on the phone with the, the whole team. And they're looking at me and I'm saying, he missed the assignment. But I explained to them, you know, I'm second in command and in the system where I've got to close the I've got to close the digital divide, which we did, by the way, in 28 days, we provided laptop computers and wireless hotspots to children that never had access before. But Mm -hmm. as I shared um, at the beginning of this show, I also lost my uncle. I didn't share that with the people that I was on the phone on the zoom call with, but they got off that zoom call with me. In fact, when I told them I had to lead this system and when I told them I was trying to close the digital divide for the first time in the history of this district, and that I really didn't need my child who had resources to have any issues. They pretty much said, Dr. Whitaker, go run your system. Jalen, you get on a Zoom call with us. And they handled that. <laughs> and so that's the kind, they, I don't know what they did, but my child is on point today. That it is works. what right. I need the nation to know. That we have teachers and administrators actually going to people's homes and dropping yes, off do. food. We have people in my system, we're given breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we did and we're in remote and we did it since we've done it since March. And so that's, that's right. what needs to be on CNN. That's what needs to be on MSNBC. And I'm just mm-hmm. sh- sharing those titles of those shows um, just as an example of the level that I want to see. I want to see that as a direct result of this show, that school districts that have got it right, 
are presented with an opportunity to speak nationally and internationally about what we've gone through personally, right, mentally and emotionally as leaders. But also, we want to hear, listen, I need to get some folks to consider parents. We can do it on this show or the next show. I'd like parents to call in. Focus on what's really going on. What actually were you able to get right during this period of remote learning? If you're all back on the property at your schools, if you're in the hybrid model, there are some parents that are out there killing it, too. So maybe we will um, have an opportunity to focus on some of those parents. What I want to do right now is pause literally for a very, very, very brief commercial break. Thank you for tuning in to me here on WVON 1690 AM Talk of Chicago Radio. I am your queen, the educator extraordinaire. We'll be right back with what's really going on in two minutes. Thank you for tuning back in to WVON 1690, Talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation. For those of you who are just joining, you're tuning into What's Really Going On? I am your queen, the educator extraordinaire, Dr. Sonia Whitaker. On this show, we shine a spotlight on any and all issues that directly or indirectly impact Public education. I need to hear from you. 779-591-1690. 773-591-1690. And I'd like to recap. The purpose of this show is not to admire problems. What we're doing on this show on behalf of the teachers and the leaders and the paraprofessionals and the custodians and everybody that is actually in the field of education who have done and accomplished the unimaginable. This show is to honor you and your work, because as I have stated, there has not been enough focus on you and your work. And so what I'd like to do now is to introduce you to my final guest. I'm going to call her the closer uh, on this day. I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Leak and, and pass the mic to her. Dr. Leek, how are you? I'm good. How are you? As you say, what's really going on? <laughs> what's really going on? Listen. What is really going listen, on up in these schools? Exactly. Right. Something good, and it's time to put a spotlight on them. Listen, audience, yes. Dr. Leek, for those of you who don't know her, is the superintendent, the proud superintendent of Community Consolidated School District 168, located in Salk Village. Under her tenure in District 168, talking about doing the unimaginable, the district has had major facility updates, including addressing water issues for children. The district has seen considerable improvements in academics, technology, and social-emotional needs for students in the district. Dr. Leek has moved the district through a full-scale renovation to include playgrounds, new flooring, renovated track at the junior high school, new water filtration systems at all buildings, and media system renovations in a two-year window. And if that's not enough, Dr. Whitaker, she gets tickled, I mean, Dr. Leek, she gets tickled when I share it this way. But Dr. Leek now serves as the vice 
chair of the Illinois State Board of Education. And I have to share that as educators, we advocated for many years to have mm-hmm. people at the state board level actually be practitioners with their boots on the ground. So I need to stress that for the first time in the history of the Illinois State Board of Education, we actually have a sitting superintendent in the vice chair spot. And that sister is Dr. Donna Leak. Dr. Leak is also married to Spencer Leak Jr. He is the vice president of Leak and Leak Sons Funeral Home, who has done good for all of the Chicagoland area. And they have two beautiful children, Spencer Leak III and Emma Leak. Dr. Leak, can you share with us for a few minutes what you feel great about, what the nation should know about, what you've been able to accomplish during this period in your system of remote learning, correct? Could you tell us a little bit about your school real quickly, but then also slow up and tell us what you're most proud of to have accomplished during this time frame? So um, for our district, we're in the very southeast corner of Cook County. So we literally are at the Indiana border and the Will County border. And we serve, um, our student population is about 80% African-American, about 15% Hispanic. And we actually have a lot of migratory families within our Hispanic population and then the remainder is white and mixed race and we're we're pretty close to 100 percent free and reduced lunch so we're serving a community that has um, has a lot of need and at the same time I have to say that our staff has really stepped up in this one. When we had to pivot, you know, that's the thing we're talking about what what's really going on what Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand is we had to pivot from looking at our children every day on March the 16th to now trying to figure out what does it look like with them at home on March the 17th. I don't think people understand the magnitude of what it took to move an entire state system on a dime. Hmm. And so I have to congratulate everybody across the state who's doing this. We, our district is remote learning Mm -hmm. and uh, we actually have though our, Students who need therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, they do come into the buildings by appointment so that they can we can meet their needs. But the thing that I am I'm just the most proud that we've done is the way that we've been able to connect with our families and children with our remote learning. We we actually you talked about the digital divide. We took the monies that we got from the federal government and closed the digital divide overnight, provided every kid with a Chromebook and a state-of-the-art. My parents call it the Bentleys of Chromebooks. <laughs> they got the Bentley nice. Chromebook, and we put hotspots in everybody's home who needed a hotspot. And and so that has allowed us to really in, incorporate the entire community. I mean, I'm, I'm doing virtual town hall meetings now where I have 100 people show up. Yeah, talk to us us about that. I think that's important to know because that was going to be my next question to you is from my, it is my understanding that you've engaged your families in a way that you've never had Mm -hmm. to engage them before. Could you talk about that for a little bit? Absolutely. So we do um, student-led parent conferences um, and we actually had my teachers reported that we were at almost 90% participation of parents in the virtual format for the parent conferences, which had never happened before. I mean, when we, you know, we have parent conferences, you sign up, you come. But when we set it up virtually, we had parents, the the teachers said, I didn't, I'd never even seen them. 
and they showed up virtually. In the summer, we did um, our virtual town halls where I wanted to make sure that our families knew what was going on. And we had they we did it via Zoom. And I had every single time we had a packed house. And it was just an opportunity to hear what are we planning, what's our COVID-19 response looking like. And we ran those. And then I also did... Um, Facebook Live, just, hey, I'm just giving information, especially throughout the summer. I had one that we had almost a 1,000 people look at. Mm -hmm. Just sharing information and engaging our families. Our IEP meetings now, our families are there. Before we had, sometimes it had to be rescheduled. We We have families participating in ways that we had just not had previously when we were trying to do everything in person. Thank you for saying that. I need to add on to that for just a second. In Dalton West School District 148, where I serve as Deputy Soup Doc and listening audience, you guys got to hear this. Do you know that we reported, (coughs) excuse me, at our last Board of Education member that 100% of the students with IEP students had parents participate? And that's enormous. I don't. I don't think that people. Re- uh, here's the thing: in corporate America, they always say that education's like 25 years behind the behind the eight ball in terms of what they need us to be producing for children to be ready to enter corporate America. Right. And so we've had some lag time. So you know, the blessing in this storm mm-hmm. is that we had to close that 25 year gap in 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 a few months mm-hmm. and i think what we're seeing right now is that we are stretching education to fulfill a need that we knew was there but we weren't really ready to jump off the cliff totally and just jump in and start swimming so dr so lee do you think like you'll go back to say- kicked us. exactly dr <laughs> lee do you think that your system will go back to operating business as usual as you did oh Pre-COVID-19? We can't. I know that's right. There's no possible way that we, education can never look the way it looked Mm -hmm. on March the 16th of 2020. It can't. Because now, you know how they say, if you know better, do better. That's right. That's right. Well, now I know better. I know what it looks like. I know when I have, I have a parent coffee every month on the second Wednesday of the month, and it was in person. And, you know, I would have maybe... 10 people. Now my parent coffees routinely, I have 20, 30 parents on from 9 to 10 just to let me know what's going on, what's working. I've got parents connecting with each other to help set up little pods for children to go. We've got a, a pastor in their church. They set up a pod where parents could bring their children so they could have an area for them to work together so parents could go to work. I mean, and is that in Salt Village? And so we should give a shout out to the companies, right? The organizations where parents, bosses are saying, listen, we want you here. We want you safe. So we're going to create pods. I'd like to hear next week from some of those organizations Mm -hmm. that are supporting the parents in the way that you've described. Nice job, Salt Village. Um, You've shared a lot of important information. As I stated earlier, Unfortunately, our students are going to have to, uh, that's Sonia Whitaker's opinion, by the way, when I say unfortunately. Uh, Unfortunately, our students are going to have to be held accountable to some level of performance on the state state assessment, right? But what I think is equally important is that we measure our success. So you shared some, and I'm talking accountability even to my peers, Doc. So you shared Mm -hmm. some amazing things that you are doing in your system. 
with that being said, uh, my closing question to you is what do you or will you indicate as a measure of success for some of the key initiatives that have been started under your leadership at Sog Village School District 148 as superintendent of schools during this period of remote learning? Well, during this period, I think the greatest measure of success is going to be when our children are actually creators when our children are actually creating content, not just consuming, because previously we had our kids in a consumer mode. Our children right now are actually creating movies, creating iMovies, creating projects virtually, doing research to pull in and, and to generalize and to make to make something out of a space that wasn't there before. That, to me, when I have a, a a kindergartner who's created a movie, you're five years old, that, that, that is much more than can you perform on a state assessment? Can you sit down for a multiple choice test and answer 40 questions? Are you kidding me? That's powerful. So, I mean, we still have, I mean, we still have assessment in place so we can measure math and reading and science. At the end of the day, though, we're creating young people who are now not just consumers of information, Absolutely. but they're actually making the information. Absolutely. So I, I just, that, that's where we are. And thank you. Like I, said, I can't go back. We and, cannot go back. And listen, Dr. Leek, thank you for mentioning this, this assessment piece, because what I don't want to do is ever give the fundamental assumption that I don't think that we should have a, a measure of student performance. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. I know you've done a similar mo- followed a similar model in your system, but in my system in Dalton West School District 148, you all, you're talking about measure of success. Because we wanted to make sure, regardless of whether we had to issue the state assessment or not, we owe it to parents and the community to get a sense of how students are doing as they are matriculating mm-hmm. through lessons and the like during this period. So I am thrilled to share that even during our period, we went all remote like you did, Dr. Leek. During this period of remote, I made the decision and got the go-ahead from Dr. Nolte to bring students on the campus following social distancing guidelines in alignment with CDC expectations. And do you know we had over 90%? Don't tell me what parents can do. We had over mm-hmm. 90% of our student population come to school during the month of August to take their baseline assessments, you all pick mm-hmm. up their laptop computers and wireless, their wireless, uh, their laptop computers and their Wi-Fi hotspots and go home. 90%. That's more mm-hmm. students that made it to school in enough time to take a baseline assessment when they showed up every single day. I hate that I'm going to have to wrap up. We need to do a show just on the measures of success. We as educators do not have never had a problem with being held accountable for making sure positive things were happening. But what we've also needed, and I thank you to WVON, and I also thank WVON for having Vaughn TV, which is the platform that I'll be moving on to continue to give educators the platform to talk about What's really going on? Thank you so much, Dr. Leek, for being here. Thank you, listening audience. I'm so humbled to, to that you are spending time with me. You have listened to WVON 1690, Talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation. Remember, I am your queen, the educator extraordinaire, Dr. Sonia Whitaker on Woo!
What's really going on? Be sure to visit with me moving forward on Vaughn.tv. Let's make it a great one. <laughs>